Thanks again, young people, for your rehearsals and your time and for humorously presenting some very real-life yes, stories of recent times for these people. Besides being the weekend of Andy and Colette's wedding, this is Easter weekend, in case we've forgotten. Uh, yesterday we remembered Jesus going to the cross to die in our place, making reconciliation and peace with God for us, obtaining their forgiveness and peace for us. Tomorrow we'll be gathering here. Here's, the, here's one advert, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning here we will be gathering. To remember on Easter Sunday the empty tomb and our risen Lord Jesus whom death could not hold him. And by the way, there's a reason there's a blue thing around that wooden thing there. That's a pool and in, tomorrow morning we'll be baptising two young fellows as new disciples of Jesus. But in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we're celebrating a marriage. But that isn't kind of really strange or weird at all, because uh, there's something... I'm going to read you something almost from the very end of the Bible. And it tells us in prophetic visionary picture language about what will happen at the end of time, the end of days, the end of the last day, when the Lord Jesus returns to judge the world and to cleanse and remake creation and to bring his people, the church, into their inheritance with him. Let me read it to you. Revelation, it's the last but one chapter in the book. Revelation chapter 21, first few verses. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. I also saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. There's the wedding at the end of time. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. and They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. Then the one who sat on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. He also said, Write, because these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give water as a gift to the thirsty from the spring of life. At the very beginning of time, God himself arranged a wedding between Adam and Eve. It says God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And he gave Eve to Adam and blessed them as a couple, commissioning them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule all over, over all of God's creation. Adam and Eve were literally made for each other. Did you ever think about that? God literally made them for one another. And they had a shared purpose and destined it together as the children of God. That got spoiled when they rebelled against God. We haven't got time to go into that today. At the end of time, the end of days, the last day, there will be a final wedding. It is the bringing together of Jesus and his people, all those who have loved him and served him. When the Lord Jesus receives his whole church to be with him, to be close to him in his eternal kingdom. That's what we just read. The whole church of Jesus Christ. It's like a great big city, a new Jerusalem. But it's also like a bride made ready for her husband. Just as time was spent this morning getting 
a bride ready for her husband. And this city, this bride, comes down from heaven to a renewed earth, and we live then. All Christians, all believers, live then in the presence of the Lord forever. The greater Adam will one day receive his Eve too. And today Adam has received his Eve. Amen. So in between the beginning of time and the end of humanity, we are today celebrating the wedding of Andy and Colette. Every Christian wedding and marriage is a reflection both of that first marriage and of that great final marriage. That's why marriage matters so much to Christian believers, and we can't give up and give way on some of the issues about marriage because it matters that much to us. Until then, a Christian husband and wife as they live together in love and in unity, reflect and honour the relationship of God with his people and his people with their God. And in thinking about what I should say today, just that phrase from what we just read earlier came to mind. Look, I am making everything new. What does new look like? Scripture there could have told us about the renewed heaven and earth, and other parts of the Bible do that. But here it focuses on what new looks like and feels like for us, for us who've experienced life's ups and downs, and the hardship and the sorrows. Here's what the description of new looks like. Look, God's dwelling is with people, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he, God, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying and pain will no longer exist because the previous things have passed away. He makes all things new and the previous things, all of the hurt, all of the trouble, all of the stress, all of the pain will be put away forever. No more tears. No more death. No more pain. All those things which we experience now will be gone forever. We will live with God and He with us. Then He'll make all things new. And He said, it is done. Which is a reminder of what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. It's accomplished. Here in Revelation, that's a prophecy, a prediction of the future. We do not yet see all things new, so for now there are still some tears and there's still some pain and there's still some times we go to a funeral and we mourn someone who's been taken from us. They still continue. Not all things are made new, but some things are. Some things even now are being made new. You'd need to be blind and deaf to the fact that the world is in a mess and it, it's, it's not getting any better in a hurry, is it? But God breaks into our space, our time. And he comes with grace and mercy. And he comes with power. And he acts and he intervenes. We call it salvation or rescue. God becomes our saviour and even our healer. So he can take our hurts away. He does that in people. He recovers them, renews them, restores them. Gives them new life, new hope, new purpose. And as pastor of this church, Lighthouse... I have the privilege of seeing God make some people whole again from their past hurts, their own wreckage, their own foolishness, their own offences, those 
they've, they've done themselves and those that have been done against them, which are equally hurtful. Those who were once rebels against God are now lovers of God. Those who once hated the name of Jesus now speak it with joy and with grace and love to sing it. Those who were bruised and beaten by the experiences of life have been healed and put back together again. And I don't do that. I can't do any of that. It's the Lord Jesus who makes all things new. He's the healer. He's the rescuer. He's the restorer. And even now he makes new li- life new again for those who will ask him. All I do and others with me is to explain what Jesus says, to declare his word, to talk about his offer and his help of rescue and reconciliation and to pray for him along with other people too. But he is the one who breaks in and brings change. He's the saviour, healer, restorer, remaker. Then he says, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning of the end. He who made all creation to begin with can break in on the bit of creation you live in and change as much as he wants to, as much as you will invite him to. As much as you are willing to ask him, you're not going to change the world, but he'll change your world. He'll change how you live and behave and how life runs for you. He had the power to make all things and he has the power to make some things new now, including everything that you are about. He says, I'll give water to the one who's thirsty. All you have to do is be honest about it. You need his help. Be honest about asking him for his rescue and his restoring work. Water from the spring of life. It's pictured there as being the life that's springing up. It's in the other place it's called eternal life. It's the God. It's a free gift to us because Jesus paid the enormous price at the cross. The one condition is you need to come and ask. You need to come and ask. Not ask me. Ask him. Ask the Lord Jesus. Whoever you are, where, whatever your experience of life, Jesus, your creator, offers you a remaking, a restart, a new life through asking and trusting him. He has all the power to do it. All the power necessary to do it. That's his offer to you. He can be your saviour, rescuer, restorer. He offers you a new life starting today. What is your response? Can we bow our heads and take a moment to pray? If what I've just been reading to you and saying to you makes some sense to you, maybe you'd like to take a moment to bring a prayer to him. You say, oh, I don't know how to pray. You just put words together and address them to God. You give it your best shot. And that will be more than good enough. He will hear those who call to him. And he won't turn, any, turn away anybody who comes to him. So right now, you want new life and a new start and a remaking and a reshaping, his offer is there. She'll ask him.